Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Vayishlach Revi'i, the fourth Aliyah in Parshas Vayishlach. Ours is a shorter Aliyah. It is 15 second long, running from Perak Lamegil Pasuk Vov to Chof. The main idea of our Aliyah is separation. Let's take a look at a brief overview and then delve into some basic points to ponder. So we hear now this is the encounter, a long-awaited encounter between Yaakov's family and Esav, because Yaakov has just met, met Esav in the last Aliyah. Now this continues. We were left somewhat on a cliffhanger. Now we hear about the Shvachos, the two, Bila and Zilpah, and their children now approach Esav and bow down. And Leah then approaches and her children approach and they bow down. And then Yosef and Rachel approach and they bow down. Esav turns to Yaakov and says, Mi lecha kol Who's this whole camp that I just met? So he, he says, Limsochen beine adoni. Is to find favor in your eyes. Esav rejects this by saying, Yeshli Rav, you, you know, I've got a lot. Let what you have be yours. So Yaakov says, please, you know, I really would like to take my mincha from my hands, take my gift. It's seeing you as seeing, like seeing the face of Lokim or the face of uh, celestial power. Please uh, uh, accept this. Please, take the blessing that I've given to you because Hashem has given me everything. And Esav does, in fact, accept it. Esav then makes one last suggestion, which is, Let's walk together. And, and, and Yaakov says, Please, not my master. The children, they're young. The, the, the cattle, the, the sheep. It's going to be very difficult. You, you, you push them too hard, they're going to die. It's not, it's not going to work. So, you know what? You, you, you go ahead and I'll, I'll meet you in Seir at the end of the day. And, and, uh, and th- that's how, how it'll work. And so that's, in fact, what, it go, what it go, happens. They separate. Esau goes his way and, and goes back to Seir. And Yaakov goes to an area called Sukhois. Um, he builds himself houses. He makes cattle sheds for his cattle. And so he calls it the place Sukhois, based on his cattle sheds. He then comes to, he, he comes to the city of Shrem, Shalem, Ir Shrem, complete the city of Shrem, and um, and he built buys. This is one of the acquisitions of the land of Israel. Most famously was in Chaye Sara Maras Machpeda. But the second acquisition is over here, where Yaakov buys the Chel Kasasada. He buys a section just outside of the land of Shechem. And that's where he sells down. He makes a Mizbech and he calls out to Hashem. So let's, start, let's think about a few basic points to ponder. Point number one is why is Yosef in front of Rachel? If you'll notice that it's usually the mother in front of the children. In the case of the last, the fourth of the four wives, then it is the child in front of the mother. Rashi tells us that Yosef did this in order to protect her from the gaze of Esav. He did not want Esav, um, who already has drawn attention to the wives in the last aliyah, he doesn't want Esav to lay eyes and think about his mother, so he protectively goes first. What is interesting over here, Rashi also points out, is that the only one of the Shvatim, therefore not to bow to, um, to um, uh, Esau at this point, is Binyamin, who has not yet been born, which is going to be a precedent. It's going to be the future where Mordechai, who is a descendant of Binyamin, is not going to bow in front of the descendant of Esau, who is Haman in the future. So this, that's all set up already in the fractal the, this this genetic um, later genetic fractal of of de, uh, behavior in both of their progeny later on as well. Now, why doesn't Asa when Asa says, "Who are these? This camp that sent you?" He didn't ask. So the Bukhara says that says it was these it was these gifts, these herds that were sent with with angels or with messengers before and by servants. So why exactly 
didn't he ask? He should have asked them who it was. So the Torah explains that the reason is, is because he hadn't accepted them either because of distrust. Why is why, why are all these being sent to me? What's, what's wrong with them? Or arrogance. I'm going to accept this from Yaakov. So because he didn't accept them, now he, he, now he asks Yaakov and he says to him, well, what's, what is this all about? That's when he accepts these, the, when Yaakov explains that it's a gift to him as well, despite Yaakov's attempts beforehand. The, the Balatorim does quote an interesting medrash, which is Adam Adam Farshim also quote, that he was asking about another encounter that he had, and that was there were angels who came and started attacking his men. So he's asking about that encampment. What, what happened with, the, who are those angels? And uh, the answer seems a little strange then because it, uh, Yaakov seems to say that this is, this is uh, the, the, the gift of God. Why would Esav accept that as an answer? So Rostrotskin suggests that those who you know, live by the sword, power is their currency. So even if they're getting beaten up, seeing power of another, uh, another source is still impressive to them. So he's speaking in their language as well. Um, and what, what also could be going on over here is he's asking a very basic question. There had been a debate between Esau and Yaakov as to who's going to rule over the world, this world and the next world. And the general understanding was that Yaakov would have the rights to the world to come and, and Esau would have the rights to this world. But when he sees that Yaakov is materially successful, that's when he asks, to what, by what right do you have this success? So that's why Yaakov now starts offering it to him, saying, well, you know what? Um, I, you, you should take this gift. That's, that's really what's happening here. This conversation is, is whose domain is it to be successful as well? Now, when he says in, those, in the following Pasuk, in, in Pasuk um, Yud Aleph, take this blessing. What is this referring to? So Rashi says this refers to the mincha that he had sent. Please take this mincha, this, this, this offering that I, I had done. And as the Torah explains, please take the Olam Azeh. Don't think that I'm trying to get Olam Azeh, even though I may also be successful in Olam Azeh as well. You'll notice a very interesting comparison that Rashi already points to, and that is, is that the way they describe their relationship to their possessions. Esav, when rejecting Yaakov's um, gift, says, Yeshli Rav, I have a lot. And, uh, and, and that's uh, when Yaakov says, and he wants to give over to him, he says, Yeshli Kol, I have everything. That's, by the way, where, why in the benching we say, Bakol, Mikol, Kol. Bakol is the word used to describe Avram. Mikol is the word to describe Yitzhak. And Yaakol is when Yaakov says, I'm blessed with everything. So we ask for the blessing of the three patriarchs in those words. But what is, it, what is the difference between these? So it's interesting that the most basic difference is that Esav lived in a life where uh, he never really had enough. I have a lot, but not all. There's always something else. There's always another product. There's always another model of car or phone or something else which I haven't got yet. And so I'm, I have a lot, but I will always keep wanting more. Yaakov, wherever he was, he was at enough. Yaakov probably could have got some more things. But he still felt happy with where he, where, he, where he was. I would suggest that perhaps the kind of person who goes back for pachim katanim, the type of person who cares about every possession they have, is a person who is always going to feel happy. Because they realize that even the pachim katanim, even the, the can opener that they left behind, is a gift from God. It's not just a consumer world where you can just replace it by ordering another one on Amazon Prime. It's really about what you have is a gift from Hashem. Then you're going to be the kind of person who says, Yeshli Kol. When you're the kind of person who was willing to trade all kinds of things just for, I mean, from this red, red stuff, and Pasha's told us, and details don't really matter, and it's just about getting that stuff down my throat right now, and you're probably going to live with the attitude of Yeshli Rav. I've got a lot, but there's always more to have. So it matches up with their original attitudes with life as well. 
Now, what is the request that Esav has, and why is Yaakov turning it down? So the Chassam Sofer says he was asking for a partnership with Yaakov. Let's 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 together control this world. And Yaakov Inu says, no, that's not that no, we, we are not going to work together at all. This is not going to be um, our shared dominion. Rasovacic says, no, you know what it is? It's the modern anti-Semite. The modern anti-Semite doesn't say I want to kill all the Jews, but he says, why are Jews so different? Why can't we all integrate? Why why do they think they're so special? That they have to do their own things, they practice practice their own practices, keep their own laws. Why are they so special? And what Yaakov is responding is no, assimilation is not the answer because you know what? The regal that we're going to go because of the children, because of the concern about education, it doesn't work. You don't have longevity of Jewish practice. You don't have a story for Judaism for multiple generations when you assimilate. That story dissipates and evaporates. And that's what Yaakov is saying to the request that Esav made then and makes now of us. Let's just join. Let's make ourselves one nation as well. Finally, two last questions. One is um, is this this other uh, this uh, um, place called Shalem. So it says that Yaakov came Shalem Irshem. What does it mean? So Rashi says he came complete in his body. That means to and his money. That means he was full in both his physical and spiritual capacity. It's a description of Yaakov Avinu. However, it's worthwhile noting that Rashi's grandson, the Rashbam, disagrees and says that Shalem actually is the name of the city. So he came to Shalem, which is one of the, uh, the satellite cities of Shechem. So it's the name of a city, it's not a description of Yaakov. Finally, one last question is, why did the place get called Sukkos, which is strange. In fact, this is one of the reasons why, you know, the Tur famously uh, quotes uh, in, in uh, the Tur in Orachaim describes that each of the three festivals is associated with a different one of the patriarchs. So Avram is Keneged Pesach, Yitzchak is corresponding to Shavuos, and Yaakov is corresponding to Sukkos. Where does that come from? That comes from this very idea that... Um, that Yaakov is related to Sukkos because he built Sukkos. But what does that really mean? It's not just a, geogra- a trivial piece of geography that uh, that he came to Sukkos. So the, 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 we, we can ask this by, by thinking about it from a different angle. Why is he calling this place Sukkos? After all, th- that's what he made the sheds for his cattle, but he made a house. So really, he should call this place house. Like, why is he calling it Sukkos after the sheds he made? Very strange. So Rachel HaKadosh says that um, the idea over here is that Yaakov was suggesting an iconoclastic belief. And that was, is he was saying, it's important to look after your animals. Your livestock also matters. And by naming it this way, what he was showing was, he was showcasing that ideal that animals matter. In the, the perspective of monotheism, everything matters, including animals, which is why he clo- called it off the name of his cattle sheds. The Malum takes a little bit of a different approach, and, and the approach he says is that for the humans he built a house, but for his property he built a shed. And what he's essentially saying is, what is the domain of the humans? The domain of the humans, the bias, essentially, is the place to study, to meditate, to think about godly values. Well, when it came down to his property, where his cattle and his assets, which essentially is his wealth, his material wealth, that belonged in a shed. His prioritization over here was spiritual pursuits, which find their place in the house, are to be found found in in the place of the house. That's more permanent. The place, when it comes to um, all of our assets, they live in a temporary dwelling. That's our prioritization, which is being described over here. And that's why Sukkot is a time we leave our permanent dwellings as a reflection of this idea of Yaakov Avinu when he shows what's really important in his life as well. And that's why it is called Sukkot. So with this, we conclude the Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day.